on today's show, two of the top domain brokers in the world discuss the idea of off the market forever, an increasing dilemma that companies are seeing as they try to acquire domains for their startup, for their new brand, for their marketing campaign. We discuss the carrying cost on a domain, the opportunity cost. We also get into why founders in hustle mode don't see or understand domain name values and the scalability problem that they create in that process. Enjoy the show. First, serious about online trading? Secure your funds, keep your merchandise safe, and use a company that keeps the buyer and seller protected the whole way through. That's escrow.com. Payments you can trust. It's built by domain investors to increase your inquiries, sales, and profit. Forget spreadsheets and archived emails. Manage your entire investment portfolio in one place using a secure and completely confidential platform. Learn more at FT.com. That's E-F-T-Y. FT.com. Hey, Sherpa Network. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Tess Diaz, executive producer of DomainSherpa.com. Today, we're joined by Drew Rosner and Chris Zyker, brokers with Media Options. Hello, brokers. How you doing? Awesome. Very good. Delighted. Yeah, likewise. So um, we've been talking at Media Options about how we've reached a tipping point in the single most important economy on earth, the digital economy. Uh, Drew, you keep using a hashtag on Twitter. Love your tweets, by the way. Always entertaining and informative. Um, But you have this hashtag you use, off the market forever. Um, That really is an increasing dilemma. Let's talk about what you mean by that. It's about supply and demand with premium domains. Give us an overview. What what do you mean by off the market forever? Yes, so... um it, you know, it's funny. I, I, I don't even, it wasn't even that long ago, a year ago or something. I, I, somebody mentioned a domain sale on Twitter and I just thought, wow, there are so many companies that should own that domain and, and they're not even aware of the opportunity that they just lost. And, uh, and I just remember thinking like, you know, these guys, they don't even know this domain, the domain that they probably had always made the assumption that, oh yeah, we'll, we'll get that someday. You know, like it's not a priority in this quarter. It's not, you know, it's something in our budget this quarter or, um, you know, uh, that means we can hire another engineer or, you know, whatever it is. Um, there's always an excuse. It's never the perfect time, right? This is a capital expenditure and, um, it's, it's part of doing business. Um, you know, you want to create a sustainable business, a sustainable brand, you need to invest in the proper assets and, and, and domain names is, is foundational uh, to the digital economy. It's, it's, you know, it is. I, I, I love so, that hashtag. Yeah. So, so, so the point was I, I started using the off the market forever because I don't think there's a better way to say it. It's like, Hey, you had all these assumptions about when you were going to get this domain. You kept kicking the can down the road and now it's gone. And the thing is, is we're seeing the velocity of that happening just go parabolic, right? So we're seeing, uh, you know, prob- I don't know, Chris, 30% of our business maybe is domain acquisitions, 30, 40% acquisitions yeah. from companies. And um, those are getting increasingly more difficult because, you know, it used to be like, oh, you know, here's 100 domains for you to choose from. Uh, that are just great names, you know, or, oh, here, your budget's this. Well, here's 10 or 20 names that, that will fit in that budget, but still great names. That's not possible anymore. Uh, in most cases, you know, companies that are looking to be, you know, the next unicorn, and not even, not, not that, but if you want to be somebody, you want a global audience, or you, you want a nationwide audience, um, you need a big brand, you know, you need something that you can grow into. If you get, you know, put a prefix or a suffix on it, or you, you know, you, 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 dim, you know, diminish your, your, your brand. Um, Chris, what do you call it? Uh, which one? The raw unfiltered version of your brand? Exactly. That's it. The raw <laughs> unfiltered version of your brand with exact a dot match. com on the end of it. There is no better asset for brand protection, period. I, in my opinion, and I am not an attorney, you know, 
if you own the bangon.com version of your domain name, of your, of your brand, um, trademark's really important for a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, but in terms of having the mindshare online, when people think of your brand, the keyword around your brand, the essence of your brand, there's no more powerful tool than just owning the .com. So and that's getting harder, and it's getting increasingly harder, and it's not getting like incrementally harder, it's getting exponentially harder. So the Drew, I, I think what we're dealing with here, we're dealing with supply and demand, right? So we were talking yeah. about the supply for quality domain names is, is I can say vanishing, going in, in, into vaults, is being locked away, are there coming brands, there's competition. I mean, as the world moves to more online and more businesses move solely online, uh, the supply and demand thing. I think, you know, you could take this conversation many different ways, right? You yeah, can take yeah, it from yeah, yeah. the marketing side, right? So, hey, we're talking to brands here, to companies saying, listen, you know, it's off the market forever. So they see the risks and the rewards to their brand. But also you're talking to like domain investors here. We're talking about the supply and demand curve and like how to price your domain appropriately. I think this conversation really talking about the marketers, right, Drew? or or, or yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, honestly, I don't even think we need to extrapolate. I think, I think it's very, it's, it's such a fundamentally simple principle. And, and for whatever reason, some of the smartest people in business fail to grasp it. And so, so you two, pardon me, are um, the brokers for Media Options, which is the, uh, what, five years running, the top brokerage company in the world. You sell domains, you know, acquisitions and sales, almost exclusively for end users, not for domain investors. So basically, you spend all day, every day talking to end users, and you're seeing a shift, a tipping point, a change. I mean, supply and demand has always been a problem with domains, right? 676 um, of the, shoot, two-letter, three-letter, two-letter, right? Dot com. Right. Um, well, supply and demand's always been a problem. It's just that we're we're shifting up the curve, right? We're we're just much further along the the uh, the supply and demand curve than than you know than we were ten years ago, um, and that is getting really 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 interesting. I, I thought of an analogy the other day. We you know we recently came to Lisbon, and in the the Lisbon real estate market, you know. You, you ask yourself, when you arrive here, it's a magical city, it's an amazing place. Anybody who's ever wanted to come to Lisbon, there's a great reason to come in June. Her name's Con, see you there. Uh, but the real estate market here is it's very interesting. You've got these absolutely incredible buildings. You've got the second oldest city in all of Europe. It's older than Rome. People don't realize that. This is the only city older in all of Europe, older than Lisbon, is Athens. And so, um, it's just, it's, it's truly, it's an incredibly unique city. The, the topography is similar to San Francisco, but obviously the architecture is extremely different, um, and far better. And, um, uh, you sit here, you, you walk through the streets and you think to yourself, well, what a great place. The weather's perfect. The food is great. People are kind. I don't understand. Why is this the cheapest capital city in Europe? None of these things that make Lisbon great, uh, none of the things that make Lisbon great have changed. The food's always been good. The people have always been kind and humble. <laughs> the, the architecture has always been beautiful. The, the, the streets have always been of cobblestones and there's, you know, it, it, the, the main factor, the beaches have always been beautiful, right? It, the sunset's always been falling into the ocean and, uh, you know, there's always been 300 days of sunshine. So none of that has changed. But the market has gone up by 300% in the last five years. And so you ask yourself, why? What, what triggered that, right? Why all of a sudden did the Lisbon real estate market go from mediocre, not even sub-mediocre at best, to absolutely booming? One of the hottest real estate markets in the world, even though it's still cheaper than most other European cities, you sit and you're asking yourself, why? What was the trigger to set off the market trajectory? And why, you know, why, where are we in that, in that curve, right? Like, 
it's very scary to think, right. you know, the market went up 300% in the last five years. It's bound for, for a correction, but I don't think so. Now, now you know, we're purely speculating on, on Lisbon real estate here, but, <laughs> but, you know, I don't think so. And it directly relates to domain names. Excellent. I don't think so because in the last five years, what has happened? What's the answer to that question that you're asking yourself? Well, they took off rent controls, okay? It, it, let's just call it regulatory changes, okay? You know, these previously socialist um, uh, policies that were, were very protectionist um, to the renters, particularly uh, the elderly, um, have been removed or, 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 or made far more lenient, more capitalist, and so uh, more free market. And, and, and so what happened? Foreign investment came flooding into the market. And if you're like me and you can live anywhere in the world, as long as you've got an internet connection and you're walking, you're going to all these different cities and we travel frequently and you thinking to yourself, well, is this a place I could live? Is this, and we've been doing that for, for, for years now thinking about where, where, what's next. And, and Lisbon wasn't even on our radar. We landed here and I can tell you there's not a better quality of life in the world. And right now, right? Time and place. And, um, I think it's the best value, right? So I think, no, we're not headed for a correction just yet. At some point, right, right. it's going down. But it's going to keep going up because suddenly the market has, uh, you know, the blinders have been taken off the market. These, these policies and, and, you know, there were, there were outside factors influencing, depressing the market. And I think the same is, 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 can be said for domain names in, in, in many, many different ways. Um, but... Tell, tell me a few ways how that's the same with domains, Drew. Um, okay, so one of the ways that, that's glaringly obvious in the last 12 months is people's sudden distrust of uh, social media, right? And so um, right, right. suddenly you had all these brands, and I, I remember it all, I think I even said this before, it started with Absolute Vodka, and they may not have been the first, but the first ones on my radar. And I was driving, I was in Boston, I saw a billboard, and at the bottom of the billboard, and nowhere on that billboard did it say, absolutevodka.com or I, maybe they own absolute.com. I don't even know. Um, but they didn't reference any piece of intellectual property that they actually own. You know, they only reference a Facebook page. Uh, and I right, thought, right, right. you know, even my uneducated, I hadn't dug into this at all at that point. I just thought that that doesn't feel right. You're, you're a huge company, a huge brand, and you're putting your own advertising dollars behind promoting a third party <clears throat> brand. That doesn't yeah. benefit you in any way unless you're a shareholder of Facebook. So um, it, it just immediately didn't make sense to me, right? But that was the trend and it continued and it increased. And then boom, it suddenly blew up. And what we've been preaching for years became incredibly obvious to, to many people. It still needs to work its way through many more. But it was like, if you don't own your touch point with your customer, you don't own your customer. You don't own their data. You don't own the relationship. You don't own anything about them. And the, the, you spend, you're spending 100%. The, the, the cost of customer acquisition is 100% yours, but the relationship and the data now belongs to a third party. Yeah. In, in what circumstances does that make any business sense? It, it's, it's horrible. I mean, I, I've heard it say that it's, it's, you know, traffic you control versus traffic that you own. And yeah, and that, that, I've actually talked about that quite a bit, this, this thought of authenticity, right? Are you authentic? Do you, like today, we evaluate, there's a the great study by Reese and Reese, um, I need to buy it again, by the book, uh, there's another book they have coming out, but it's talk about positioning and leadership and Really, like I'm on this kick with authenticity. Like, do you look authentic? Yeah. Um, so I mean, I, actually, I took it a different way. Okay, <clears throat> back to your point. Like the direct response <laughs> marketing. Do you control it or do you own it? Right. And but I think it comes back to the authenticity. I mean, people are getting kicked off the social media. I think that's where you're going with that. And the realistic. Yeah, I mean, it's not even just so you. You've got these people being completely just deplatformed, right? Yeah. Um, there's a word that didn't exist five years ago. Okay, so you've got all these people being deplatformed, right? And that's that sets off alarm bells, right? Because even if you're not a controversial brand or controversial figure, uh, bless you, Tess, um, you know, that still sets off the alarm bells. Right, it's like, right. Oh my God, I don't own this image that I thought I had. You've got people making millions of dollars on Instagram and on Twitter and Facebook. And it's like, 
that's great, but I hope you're making hay while the sun shines and not spending it all on Lamborghinis because one day your number's gonna get called, or it could. And so, um, you know, with domain names, it is the only piece of digital property you own where you make direct contact with your customer. So and as we look at supply and demand, right? Um, once a company, since we primarily work with end users, right? Once a company vets a domain as intellectual property, um, it's often counterintuitive to ever let it go. I mean, once you've acquired a domain or you've acquired a company that has a number of domains, um, then it's already vetted. And letting it go, I mean, it's just 10 bucks to renew it every year. And it's Risk not- Risk and reward, yeah. Well, yeah. no, but hold on. You're looking at, you're evaluating that wrong. Okay, so let's- You've got a great domain name that you've inherited through the acquisition of a company. And yeah, it's easy to say, oh, well, it costs $10 a year to renew. But this is actually exactly the wrong mindset that folks have. It's, mm -hmm. well, it's only gonna cost me $10 a year keep it. No, no, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah I know you're going. <laughs> you're, not, you're not taking into account the opportunity cost. You're a company. You're not using this brand. When you come up with a new product or service that you want to launch, yes, sure, it might be easy to go out and use this brand, but probably not the exact perfect brand for that new product or service you're going to launch. And the carrying cost of that domain is not 9 or $10 a year. The carrying cost of that domain is the opportunity cost of the capital that you could receive from the sale of the asset. So, you're much better off if you got a portfolio, you got a bunch of phenomenal domain names, as many corporations do, sitting in their vaults, as Chris mentioned earlier, which is where many of these domains live. Um, you're better off bringing them to market, getting them in the hands of the best user, right? Uh, further developing the market, creating this more liquid and, 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 and uh, understood market, um, because ultimately, usage, right? It, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. Um, usage is what creates education and understanding and that's what we need and so a bunch of these domain names tied up in domain investor portfolios corporate portfolios now don't get me wrong I mean you know I'm not a pot calling the kettle black here right we are a domain investor as well we wear many hats um, but uh, you know if you're a corporation, you're not in the speculation business. That's not what your shareholders are, are owning your stock right. for. Yeah. You're, you, you have an asset that can be monetized. So if that asset's worth a million dollars, let's just use that for easy numbers, um, your carrying cost of that domain name is not $9 a year. Right, your right. Cost of that domain name is whatever your company's return on capital is, or are, are, you know, are your, is your company leveraged? Are you borrowing money? Well, instead of borrowing that money at whatever X percent you're, you're, you're paying in interest, you're paying that same amount of interest on the million dollars in value that's tied up in that asset that's not being monetized, right? Your company okay. already uh, written this off in terms of um, um, uh, uh, you know accounting purposes uh, through depreciation. You know, it, it, it's a it's just dead weight on your books, and you can monetize it, and that's a far better use of the capital than right, right. So I think that's, this is evangelistic and an encouragement. However, it sounds like with your off-the-market hashtag, that's not what you're actually seeing or experiencing. Um, Chris, I didn't no, mean so, so, so actually, you know, I guess, I guess part of my um, uh, pro profitizing about domain names is, is working on both ends of that spectrum, right? It's like um, I believe that domain names have not reached anywhere close to what their full full enterprise value should be. I think that the real enterprise value of these names is, is five or 10x what the market recognizes today, maybe even more than that. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm fighting to create tools and methodologies to help the market, help the investors understand what the value of these names could be. Um, and then at the other end of the spectrum, even though, yes, I'm saying, I think these domains are going to increase in value. Yes, I think they're very valuable, but they're not valuable if they're just tucked away in a corporate portfolio. Yeah, that was an important um, point. That was a very important yeah, point. If you're not using these domains, then it's not creating value because you're not in that business, right? Your, 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 your shareholders own 
shares of your company because they expect you to do the business that you're in. Um, they expect a certain return on capital. And if you are borrowing capital particularly or issuing new stock or issuing bonds, you know, you're better off selling the domain and using that capital um, because there is a high opportunity cost to carry. Right, it. right. Well, now, and, and I guess that's your, your so point. As we bring those two ends of the spectrum together, we get to, you know, then we get a real free market. We get it, we get it true market pricing, liquidity. You know, when, when we get here to the middle, that's where the magic happens. That's where this becomes a real industry. Like, well, but and, that's uh, not happening yet, right? So I, I want to focus no, on- but we're at the tipping point where I believe we've suddenly started moving towards that point again. You know, that's we were big deal. sold between, I would say 2008 and 2015, 16. Um, we were sort of stalled. Uh, and now, in the last couple of years, now we're seeing movement. We're starting to get back on track towards, you know, arriving at that nucleus. Okay, Chris, in your conversations with startups doing acquisitions or um, divesting assets for companies, what are you seeing about, you know, this idea of domains being locked in a vault off the market forever? Okay, so this just happened to me last, last couple of weeks. Uh, we were brokering domain name and it had, there were several brands that had an interest in this domain name and we sold it. We sold it. Um, you know, during the negotiation process, we, we use, we try to educate these companies on that because I mean, once they are sold, they are rarely sold again because they become brands and they become assets. Right. And, and there's this thing called brand equity. And I, I talk a lot about brand equity, how the domain name becomes more than just a domain name. Once the company brings life into it and it takes the, uh, takes over the life, uh, uh, you know, and becomes part of that brand. Okay. Uh, so they come back. This person came back about a month later, said, hey, is that domain still available? And I was like, no, it's sold. And that situation probably happens, I don't know, maybe once a month, once every other month, where domains yeah. were broken, they come back and say, hey, is that still available? Uh, it happened on quite a few of, yeah, I mean, it happens all the time. It happens all the time uh, in, on the brokerage side. Um, and then I see it even more on the owned and operated portfolio. Like, you know, we've got companies that have been reaching out uh, I'll even make a prediction here on the show. Uh, I'll use stanza.com. Now, S-T-A-N-Z-A.com. Stanza.com. Okay, we've owned it, I don't know how many years, a bunch. Uh, you know, most people would overlook that domain and be like, eh, you know, it's like, a, I think, I mean, I think it's, a, it's Italian for space, like, like a place uh, right. or, or a room or something. And... Um, Recently, there's been a whole bunch of companies called Stanza that have, that have popped up. And they all reach out and they all make some lowball offer and, you know, I say, you know, appreciate it, but that's, that's not in line with what we're, what we're asking. Um, and they say, oh, you know, okay, well, let me know when the price changes. And, you know, I just kindly reply back that, um, okay, uh, but I, 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 you know, in all honesty, I think the price is probably going to change in the other direction. <laughs> the other direction. And, yeah. you know. And, and I'm not, you know, that's not, I'm not trying to like threaten right. you, but, but truly like every new company that pops up, it's like probably adds a couple hundred thousand dollars in value to that domain. Um, you know, it's like now we're up to three, four, oh, five, you know, five venture capital backed startups that, you know, have raised, you know, uh, millions of dollars, some of them tens of millions of dollars. And it's like, I, you know, I'm sorry. I, I didn't. You know, but every time one of these pops up, the traffic increases. Every time it pops up, we're getting more emails. We're getting uh, yeah, yeah, because they're building equity. In it. I mean, well, and, and if I own if I own a building, if I own an empty plot of land, you know, uh, and all of a sudden Amazon announces they're going to build their headquarters next door, like, sorry. So, so uh, Drew, like, I, I use I'm not going to sell it for what I was going to sell for a month ago. I'm going to sell for you know now Drew. the value's way more. I, I use this analogy, right? So, I mean, there's some words that just have inherent equity, right? Like a quilt.com, yeah. like quilt. It's just like the amount of searches that are done, the, the CPC yeah. that's there, okay? That has this, this, this equity that's just there by default of the keyword. Yep. There's other ones like you're talking about that have that. Okay, they have the equity built in. But then that, that equity is then, is then like… Uh, is Magnified. …into the sale because these companies are investing in it. They're calling themselves that, that same keyword. Yep. And so they're, they're by default elevating the price, elevating the, the worth of that domain. So that's why when you're saying, listen, 
it's going to go up. It's going to go up because the inherent like conversation that's taking place behind that keyword. It, uh, really, just really, really, I, hold on, let me just make a point. Let me just make a point. I, 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 the formula that I like to give these guys is look, how much money are you going to spend in branding and marketing this year? Okay. You're going to spend a million bucks. Great. At that you alone, your company, you're going to spend a million dollars in branding and marketing. You alone are going to increase the value of my domain by between a hundred and two hundred thousand dollars because between ten and twenty cents of every dollar you spend in branding and market, marketing is coming to the mindshare of my.com. Right. right. And so, uh, you know, I don't know what to tell you. You're increasing the value of my.com. I'm not increasing the price. You're increasing the value. And it's, it's just like people are beginning to understand if they're doing that with Facebook, they're sending all their traffic, their mind share totally. to Facebook. They're doing Look what they've done. They've, bailed, they've turned Facebook into one of the biggest wow. companies on earth. Yeah, great, great example, Tess. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah, exactly. It wasn't consumers. It's literally the exact <laughs> same analysis, the uh, analogy. It wasn't the consumers. It was the businesses. They made yeah. Facebook so valuable. Right. They said, oh, we're going to give you 10 or 20 cents on every dollar that we spend in branding and marketing. It's like, and Facebook's just going, oh, thank you. You know, we just wanted to be a website for college kids, but. Well, okay. So yeah. let's talk examples here. Um, I recently interviewed David Clements. He talked about the sale of ice.com, I-C-E.com. It sold for, um, uh, uh, well, in, into the seven figures for uh, within under an hour, I believe, when it came to market. And they had about seven companies all scrambling to bid on it. Same thing, off the market forever. They always thought they could get it someday or they hadn't bothered with an outbound acquisition. And suddenly they heard it was on the market. I mean, it's a lot to move seven figures and make that decision in an hour or less. I feel like there was a 42 minute mention. Um, I mean, it was quick. And that's the key. You know, that interview I talked about the importance for any corporation to have a relationship with a domain name broker. Um, but uh, for this interview, it's about off the market forever. Um, not, um, not proactively looking for it, not um, being prepared to get it when that moment arises for you. And, you know, the Intercontinental Exchange is never, ever, ever going to sell ice.com now that right, they have right. it. So no, all the I mean, companies who are bidding, it's over. Yeah, yeah. They'll never get game, it. Game over. That's it. And you can just all they get you. Know, you can hear the proverbial jaws drop. Just like, uh, 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 you know. And I get those emails once in a while. Like, like I remember very vividly when we sold um, when we sold ch.com. Again, I think I've, I've talked about this before, but it was just like, you know, uh, uh, was it ch? Yes, I've heard yeah, this one. It yeah, it was. It was <laughs> ch.com and it was the Carolina Herrera, you know, came back and was like, well, what, what do you mean that it's sold? That's, that's our domain. And it was like, no, I've been trying to tell you that I'm selling it. And if you want it, you should buy it now because it's going to sell. And once it's gone, that's it. It's off the market forever. And they just couldn't get it. They didn't get it. They were like, it came coming back with all these different things. And it was like, you know, and, and, and the, the stupid thing of all of it is that he did get it. You know, he just didn't know he got it. Because in the end, when it did sell, he came back and he said, what, what, what do you mean? That was our domain. I said, but it wasn't your domain. In your mind, you're a CH. In your mind, you are CH. Right. Well, that's kind of sad. This, it is sad. Because I really actually, I was like yeah. blowing off the other buyer because I was like, guys, you are Carolina Herrera. Every retail store you own, every bag, every pair of jeans says CH all over it. Okay, like you are CH. You need to own Carolina. You need to own CH.com. I mean, it's like just obvious. A monkey knows that. And but he didn't get it. He didn't get it. And he probably should have, should have lost his job. I hope he did because he was just. But I don't know. That's not true. I don't. I don't wish that on anybody. But what I do know is that marketers need to wake up because that is what happens. Is suddenly. You thought Carolina Herrera has some magical right to ch.com and then suddenly a Chinese airline thought ch was close enough to mean China and suddenly ch.com is Spring Airways. Off the yeah. market forever, right? Like ch, as far as online is concerned, 
as far as the digital world is concerned, CH no longer represents Carolina Herrera. Yeah. Period. So um, fund.com recently sold. Uh, Chris, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, sorry, I've been mute. I think it's just the same thing Drew's saying is that there's, there's a lot of companies that have invested in their brand, but once it's gone, I mean, it's, it's gone forever. And I use this analogy that, uh, that, you know, most companies, they're seeing a return, right? So, I mean, they get to a certain level, they have investments in, and they're seeing maybe, you know, they're putting a dollar, a dollar in the market and seeing a dollar 20 back, but it's not until the realization that another company comes in and acquires that domain and puts marketing behind it. And all of a sudden, they're seeing their ROIs go down. They're getting calls from the investors saying, hey, why, why aren't you, like, what's happening? Our scaling is not working. Like, we're not able to scale because we've created this confusion in, in the brand. So if you look at fund.com, how many companies have fund, like, had the opportunity to own that? And obviously, once again, it's gone forever. I mean, that brand now has the wrong yeah. version, the clarity, the simplicity that, uh, that, that, brand, that brand brings. And I think that's really the, you know, if I had to take away one thing from this, this, this video today is that don't miss the opportunity, right? So we're talking about that gone forever is really, it's that wake up call for brands and companies to say, you're not going to have forever. There's going to come a time when that's going to sell. There's going to come a time it's going to impact your, your brand, right? So I talk about the seven dimensions done several interviews on this, the seven dimensions to a domain name, right? So it's global positioning, industry positioning, it's branding, it's marketing, it's SEO, it's email, and it's the ability to pivot and to expand beyond just maybe one, one area, right? So it was Zen Payroll went to Gusto because, you know, the payroll, it was Zen Payroll, that was their, their brand. It, it limited them to what they could do, so they rebranded to Gusto, okay? One example that's out there, there's many other examples. Um, but that's, I think that's the big takeaway for me when this, this is that there is a supply and demand. Once it's gone, it's gone. I, mean, I, I have a list here that I keep and I talk about that as I'm researching of brands that will never own their brand. So Octane.com versus Octane Lending, right? Ladder Life versus Ladder versus Ladder Capital, which raised $80 million. Um, Alice versus Alice.co dot something, they, they raised uh, $2.5 million, right? Catalyst versus Get Catalyst. So, I mean, all these brands that are out there that are trying to say, hey, we're this brand, but there's confusion in there because mm -hmm. you know, a lot of them don't call themselves Get Catalyst. They call and if they ever want to upgrade they have to look at an entire rebranding process. Yeah. Chris, you were telling me okay, earlier. But, but why, why would, see, like, why do you want to upgrade, right? So, I mean, that's the, the, like, you want to upgrade because you want to create clarity and simplicity, and you want, totally. to, you want to create this effortless path through brand. Like, no one looks and says, man, Apple has Apple.com. You don't say that. You're like, it's the completeness of who they are, right? Yeah. It's, it's of course they own it. Of yeah, course. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Every like, major what, brand owns yeah. If you, if, if you can look at me with a straight face and tell me that Apple would be where they are today if they own getapple.com, if their domain name was getapple.com and there was some you know, software as a service startup that had yeah. apple.com, if you think for one second that Apple would be the monster company that it is today, then I've got a bridge to sell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, it's you know, authenticity, Drew. It's, like, it's authenticity. It's clarity. It's email. Yeah. It's security. I mean, these are all real things that Don't go into calling. But most clever. startups think that um, they can be get Apple, and then later on, once they've made all the money that Apple made, then they can buy Apple.com. Okay. Chris, you okay. were talking to me earlier about a domain that we cannot divulge, Yes. But that you were trying to acquire. It is a sixletter.com. They only yeah. refer it's a one word that everybody knows and can spell. They only refer to themselves, much like CH, um, they only refer to themselves as, the, or much like the Intercontinental Exchange has always called themselves ICE. Um, so right. this company um, asked you to do an acquisition, and I, I want to talk about that. So, yeah, I mean, this, in, this, in this example, this acquisition, they, uh, they, you know, what happens is that they companies start the branding process without domain names. Okay, so they start the branding process. Oh, we're going to call ourselves this. And, oh, we can get get or try or be or use or. How whatever. old is this company? Uh, it's not that old. So maybe in the last five years. Okay. Okay. So, and about but, but, how much money have they raised or how much capital do they have? Uh, maybe twenty thirty million dollars. Okay, so twenty thirty million dollars invested over two to three years in marketing their brand, um, creating their entirety of their being. And two to three years in, $30 million later, 
They reach out to the top broker in the world to acquire their domain name. And what yeah. happened? So what happened is that uh, it's the company that owns it is not going to sell it. I mean, they, they're not going to release <laughs> that. So they're, they're not going to have the opportunity to acquire this domain name, right? Okay. So, and so it's again, owned it, by a company? Yes. So another by a end user company. who's probably vetted the intellectual property as an intention for it, maybe. And what did they tell right. you? They told you not for any price. And pretty much. Price. Yeah, yeah, not for any price. One of those examples that but see that's why it's important to start the branding process with what's available. And that and that, and, and I think the jury your point is like it may not be available. Now I've got a theory, Drew. You're gonna like this theory, okay? Okay. You're gonna wanna <laughs> this may get a heated discussion going on here. So the the latest thing that I've been thinking about and really developing I do a daily podcast and part of that is just to think and get through things like authenticity, but one of them was one of the reasons why domains don't like founders don't see this opportunity, right? And why we need to continue to educate and to communicate this is because most founders start off in hustle mode. Like hustle mode is like, I'm just out there. I'm trying to get this off the ground. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do whatever I can take. I'm trying to save money. I'm trying to, um, uh, hustle, right? Um, but it's not until they move from hustler to marketer to CEO that they say, wow, like my scaling, the ability to own my brand, the ability to position myself, the ability to, to really brand, to pivot, to, to expand our private offering is at risk. There's this massive risk that takes place uh, that we're not going to be able, like we need to own and acquire our domain name, right? And so what I see is that founders that I've talked to that pass the opportunity and end up regretting it is that in, in the beginning they were in that maybe hustle mode. Now you can listen, you can be in this hustle mode and have $30 million, $40 million, okay? It's, mm -hmm. not, the, it's not the amount that you raise. And what happens is that serial entrepreneurs that have done this multiple times, they get it. They're like, listen, like they're beyond hustle. They're in marketing CEO mode. They're on like, okay, if I had limited resources, what would I do? How would I build it? Boom, I'm going to buy it. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure where I was going with that other than the timing, other than like why brands, like, like they, they pass in the domain names only to regret it later on because, you know, it's gone forever. It's never going to be available again. Like you have, yeah. to, you have to seize that opportunity. And um, season. I, I want to take it back uh, to the Lisbon real estate market for one second because I, I just think it you know it really um, it really it's it's such a, a perfect analogy um, because the market has just been stagnant. You know, it, it it's been just very little appreciation because if you can't increase rents, you can't. It's very difficult to increase prices mm, or value. Right. And so, um, you know, there were select pockets and, and particularly outside of the city, there, there was, you know, some growth, but within the inner city of Lisbon, it was just, you know, it was very stagnant. And, and so you had the Portuguese people that live here, that have been here for generations that missed the boat when the market took off mm. because for them, it was an assumption. That uh, if I want, oh, you know, I've always loved that house a couple blocks away, but it'll be there 20 years from now and it'll be the same price. Right, so, right. Um, or relatively speaking, right? The same value to me. And suddenly the market got away from them. And now it's a problem, right? Now, now it's a social problem because now many Portuguese can't afford to rent or buy in the inner city of Lisbon. And so they're being pushed out and rightfully so they're pissed. Right. Exact same mistake that startups and, and, and not just startups, but marketers in general, companies in general, who particularly have a, a, a dependence on, on, on e-commerce uh, or digital marketing um, are making. It's the exact same mistake. They're just making that assumption that we will keep doing what we're doing they're being rewarded by the market because VCs keep giving them money. Uh, you know, their companies are, 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 you know, some kind of growth trajectory. They believe they're, they're clever, even though they're losing money hand over fist. And ultimately the money they're losing or the money they're investing in to build that brand is going in the goddamn toilet because they're not putting that money into a foundational property that is the brand, that is the company. Right, so right. Sold when they go out of business because let's face it, you know, something like seven out of 10 of them go out of business. Um, so um, 
these domains, okay, you cannot make that assumption. You cannot think that you're clever and you're going to get away with putting a prefix or a suffix or some very, you know, take away a vowel or, you know, forget about it. Stop it. It's very simple, you know. Yes, you've got this assumption that it'll be there when you're ready to buy it, but that is wrong. That's the point of today's conversation. You're wrong. Buy your brand now, not because I said so, but because it won't be there tomorrow, I promise you. Because it's an exceptional scalability problem on top of being a marketing problem, uh, a problem of where you're investing your assets, problem of recuperating those assets. Um, I want to talk about, you know, time is your enemy. Um, How has the market changed in the past five years and how is the market continuing to change? I mean, you've talked about, Drew, as the internet matures, so does the ability to quickly see value in domain names. Um, let's, Let's talk about that for a little bit. Actually, I think Chris said that, but nonetheless, um, time isn't your friend. And the way that the market's changed over the last five years is, you know, what I said earlier, like I think up until 2008, you know, from, from, from the very beginning, you know, I, I think we're at the second tipping point. So from up to 2008, domain growth was, you know, uh, was crazy, but, you know, values just kept increasing. Um, and then we sort of stagnated and, and uh, there was a lot of market confusion. And my take on it is that the primary reason for that is twofold. One is that um, parking as like a guaranteed income source for a domain owner started to uh, go down. It's now sort of leveled off and in some pockets it's, it's increasing. Um, but from 2008 until very recently, um, parking revenue was on the decline. Parking revenue as an assumed uh, cash flow method uh, has declined and all but gone away in, in, in the case of most domain investors, except for the, you know, a certain core of, of the strongest portfolios. And um, that, you know, the world, the business world is very used to valuing a business, valuing an asset based on a, a cash flow projection. And so it was very easy for these companies to say, well, this domain is earning, you know, a hundred bucks a day in domain parking revenue just from typing traffic. It costs this guy nine bucks a year to keep this, this asset, you know, for me to get that same return by buying a piece of real estate, uh, you know, I'm going to have carrying costs of X and, uh, you know, I've got to invest literally probably 10 times that amount to get the same, um, the same uh, cash flow, not return, but cash flow. And so it was very easy for companies to, to value these assets. It was, well, you want to buy this domain? Well, I'm earning, you know, $5,000 a year. You're going to have to pay me 75 grand a year for the uh, 75 grand for this domain. Um, you know, because where am I going to invest my money and get a better return than what I'm getting right now? Right. And so that was the way most people were valuing domains. It was, it was a cash flow method. And, and then that kind of started fading out starting in 2008 and it all but was gone until, you know, very recently. Then the second tipping point is, is now, the last two, maybe three years. And uh, uh, for the reasons, you know, that, that, that we discussed before, social media, uh, changes with, with Google's algorithm uh, and the way that they treat domains and, you know, they may have devalued domains in one way, but they also increase the value uh, on, on another hand, and the way that domains are being valued today is completely different. And, and it just it takes a decade for the market to shift, for them to say, okay, we're not valuing this on a cash flow uh, 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 model anymore. We're, we're valuing this on a how is this going to reduce my cost of customer acquisition? How is this going to increase my audience. And these are measurable things. These, these, these are things which can be measured. We don't possess all the tools today, but they're, it's coming very, very, very quickly. And we've got great models that will get you within 10 or 20% of, of what the real value of a, of a domain is. And then there's all these subjective factors, you know, such as the velocity of internet growth period, right? So, um, as 
you know, you can say, well, you know, we say off the market forever. And some people say, well, yeah, but sometimes these things come mark, come back. And I, yes, that's true. Um, but that's the exception, not the rule. And it's at a minimum, usually a 10 year time frame before a domain could come back to market. Because if it was a startup, they launched, they're alive for a few years, they get acquired by a company. Most companies have a five year policy before they'll release a domain back into the wild. Even domains that they're going to let expire, they'll wait five years because that's sort of the, the some of them are even more conservative, seven years, <laughs> 10 years. Um, but they've got a period where they're going to lock that asset up, trademarks, domain names, because who knows, right? It, for whatever reasons, each company's got its own reasons. But it, there's a pretty broad uh, policy of company gets acquired, domains, you know, get adopted. Right, right. It's tucked away for five years, eight years, 10 years. And, and you won't see, you won't see the light of day again, period. Okay. So you're talking about a minimum of 10 years before most assets are going to come back to the market minimum. And, and I would say it's the exception, not the rule that they come back at all. Um, so, and during those 10 years, if you're still yeah. similar to that brand, you're, you're building the value of what yeah. you want to acquire. Yeah. You're stuck. You're just stuck. Period. And you're losing. Stuck. You've got to spend what you could have spent on the domain. You're spending it on, more marketing. Yeah, yeah. And if you're complaining about buying your domain from a domain investor, good luck getting that domain from IBM who has, you know, <laughs> your offer just simply isn't going to move the needle, right? Like they've yeah. got some internal policy that we don't sell domains that we adopt for eight years, right? Uh, and I'm just making that up. I don't know what, exactly what their policy is. Um, I think I did know at one point, but. Um, uh, but it's you off think, the market. You think they're going yeah, right. to change that internal policy for you? Like, good yeah, luck. right, right, right. Good luck. Do you know what that's going to cost you? And, and you know, perfect example is DuckDuckGo with Duck.com coming from Google, right? It's like that guy's been fighting with Google for years. His arch enemy, you know, his arch enemy owned his .com domain name. Like his whole marketing <laughs> campaign is, we're not Google. We're we're you know, we protect your data. You know, we're not, we're not selling your data. We're not Google. Well, guess who owns your domain name? Google. No, like, they bought it though. Yeah, they don't know. Yeah, but, yeah. and we but don't know for how, how much, many years but I can tell you right now, after the litigation that they got in, <laughs> all the, after all the embarrassing social media uh, 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 bullshit that they, they pulled. Right, right. Let me tell you something. They paid. They paid. You know, like, I don't know if it was in money or blood, but they paid Google. Yeah. I swear. You. Yeah, yeah, there'd be I no reason why you. that they would they would sell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, and the loss of credibility. You know, we're not Google. We're you know we care about your privacy, um, and yet they're like you can't be a search engine and be so technically inept that the person or the company you're saying you aren't owns all your traffic, your brand your consumers you're it's just almost un like there isn't even a word for that but maybe there will be in five years <laughs> what was the word you said earlier deplatformed yeah yeah we'll come up with a word here on domain sherpa so yeah i i think really it's it's you know it's really simple we said at the beginning it, it's just, it's supply and demand there's nothing yeah. you know, we're not reinventing the wheel here guys you know it's it's supply and demand um, it's just that because domain names are so niche, um, and because domain names are, you know, unsexy to most people, um, it's funny though, once people get on board, once people understand the value of domains, all of a sudden it's the sexiest asset in the world. And why wouldn't it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I keep, That's I so keep true. talking to my wife, like how do we, you know, we need to diversify and start investing in other things. And you know, we, we, we keep putting so much more money into domain names and, and I'm not sure if that's a great idea, right? Like we, what, what we're, we're, we're too heavy in domains. And then it's like, let's go look at some real estate. And it's like, well, we can, you know, you buy that building for a thousand, for, for a million dollars, it'll generate, you know, maybe, you know, you're, you're, maybe it'll generate you 5% net. Like net net, like let's be, you know, people talk about net net, you know, after interest costs and after, you know, whatever lot. Like, you know, you probably didn't take into account that time when, you know, the 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 washer on the third floor breaks and the plumber has to come and okay, right, right. grand for the new washer and a broken pipe. Like, 
man, there's a lot of headaches. And I'm only going to get, well, I thought I was going to get 5%. Now I'm going to get three and a half. Right? So then it's like, well, buy a domain name, right? And, and it cost me nine or $10 a year. And yes, again, you've got that opportunity cost of, of, of you know, where, how much could you be earning on that capital elsewhere? Right now, it's pretty difficult to earn a, uh, earn a return anywhere. And, uh, you know, domain names <laughs> got a 30 year track record of going nowhere but up in value. So, right. um, uh, you know, why wouldn't it be a sexy investment? Right. Um, so once people do convert, once they come over to the dark side and they understand, they go, you know, they have that light bulb moment, they go, Whoa, these are awesome assets. Like, you know, like, Oh wait, I wait, you mean I could buy that domain and really like that's not owned by the company you would assume it's owned by and you know but do you which increase the value i think that's that's yeah. test question is like i mean there's more and more startups you know i talk about the three the three uh, trends right so there's social economical technological right as the social trend picks up and more more startups are only online um you know the the, the demand's going up right economically more investors are understanding more vcs are understanding that hey like you really need to own it and at drew's point it's like when when those two things uh, as they've gotten, um, um, you know, they've it, it increased, right? The amount of, of serial entrepreneurs, the amount of investors yeah. that understand that. And they get it. And your point, Drew, I mean, it truly is. I mean, it really is like once, you, once you've done it once, like you have to own it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that's what's increasing the supply. And then, uh, um, so, sorry, the demand, obviously, from a technological standpoint, is they're just not available, right? Because yeah. they've sucked up and become brands. So you have the supply going up. Uh, I'm sorry, demand going up, supply coming down. It's the perfect equation. Yeah, I, I, it's so funny when we see when we see my favorite clients, right? Are the guys that come in and they've already had an exit. They were a successful founder. They've had yeah. an exit, and they were on a great domain before, and they already understand the the, the inherent benefits. You know, the fact that that, that is launching your business on day one with this amazing brand and .com to match it. Um, it just puts wind in your sails. It's hard to explain, and there are lots of measurable data that, that, that you know we've talked about on here. But it just there is an intangible benefit to it. It puts wind in your sails. It, it makes you stand out to investors, to customers, to vendors, to your competition. Um, and the other the other guy I love is the guy who launched on a crappy domain and had a bad outcome and realize the problems that he had, right? Those are the guys, there's no selling involved. The, the guy was <laughs> sold the minute he came in the door, it was like, yeah, no, no, I, I have no prefixes, yeah. no suffixes, no .io, just give me, this is my brand, you know, and he's always, he's, you know, he's pissed off, right? It's just, let's buy it, just figure out what it's gonna cost, and let's just get it done, you know? Uh, uh, he's not excited about it, but he knows, because right. he's already felt the pain. Uh, you know, one guy felt the pleasure, one guy felt the pain, both of them arrive at the same conclusion. You need the best version. Now say, what, what, what is it, Chris? Raw, unfiltered version of your brand. Boom, with a dot .com oh. on the end. There it is. <laughs> exactly, yep, totally. Now, um, Drew, you call domains niche. And I know in our experience discussing with end users, with marketers, um, they are. But when we look at something like, um, when I interviewed uh, Rand Fishkin, I was looking at, I mean, he's an SEO expert, SEM expert, but on his LinkedIn, he calls himself a marketer. And the reason for that is because where is what, like 90% of marketing is done online through SEO and SEM. So in the same way, um, like that's what marketing is now. Um, this is the single largest economy on earth, the internet right? So why are domains so niche? It's like jingles and billboards. And I mean, they're not that niche for marketer or TV ads for marketers in the 80s. Um, do you think they're going to stay niche? Or do you think the average marketer or the higher end marketer um, will expand their understanding of domain name values. Well, no, I mean, I think, you know, it's very, it's, it's odd. We're seeing, you know, education is increasing. It's not increasing at the rate I'd love, but um, it is increasing. And, and it's mostly not as a result of the domain community. I think we could be doing a lot more to better educate the public about domains. 
Um, it's mostly a result of bad experiences. It's, it's those people that, you know, launched a brand with, you know, a mediocre domain and they either, you know, bumped their head and said, oh shit, we can't grow anymore. We, we've sort of boxed ourselves in, in this domain name. Um, or, you know, maybe it was a mission, you know, it was a mission critical, uh, uh, data security hole, you know, maybe it was, um, you know, whatever, but the, the number of reasons that people come back around later, uh, is, is basically endless. Um, but they all learn the same lesson and, and it's again, you know, should have had that domain when I should have bought it when I had the chance. Right. You know, they all learn the same thing. I mean, it's what test said it, right? the most important economy on the planet is the digital economy. And these are the foundation. This is the real estate of the digital economy. Domain names are internet real estate. And we just need the general public and the marketers to understand the tools um, that will help and them understand the value. Because it's really, the disconnect is only that they just don't understand the value. You know, of course they don't want to pay, but they don't want to pay for their office space, but they have to. Right, right. right. There's, no, there's a free market for it. They don't want to pay for their, you know, printer lease, but they have to because they, 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 part of the deal. That's you need a great it. point, Drew, yeah. You know, they don't, nobody wants to spend the money, but you have to. And the fact is, you know, people, they just don't know yet that they have to. And so our job is to help them, uh, give them the tools to understand the value to understand the the necessity, and you know, so far to be honest with you, I, I think the domain industry is doing a very poor job of that. But um, luckily, the uh, <laughs> luckily uh, uh, you know, time and expert uh, time and experience is is doing our job for us. Um, the point, the last point I just want to make on that is, um, as the number of people. It, you know, take it back to like the second sentence we said, which was, this is a conversation about supply and demand. So not only, you know, in the US centric market, um, you know, where you say, well, the economy is growing at whatever percentage and you know, the number of people going online are both, yeah, okay, but there's billions and billions of people and it might not be that it's tomorrow that all those people come online, but over the next 10 years they will. You know, we're gonna, I, I, forget, I think we're gonna have like more than 90% internet access saturation globally in, in a decade. And so like, I, I think today it's something like, might, I think we only hit half the population like recently. Um, I, maybe I, I could be talking out of turn, but it's something in that you know order of magnitude. And so we're gonna practically double the number of people online. Um, we're going to, probably more than double the number of businesses because you know we're you know that's a known statistic that the number of you know brick and mortar businesses is decreasing and the number of online businesses is increasing uh, people are buying more and more of the things that they buy on you know on a daily basis online not offline and so the demand for domain names is only going to increase and yeah. You, you know, said it, I, I, it's, it's the foundation. It's, 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 it's the foundation of it. Like you have to, yeah. Yeah, like I, you know, oh, you think apps are going to replace domains? Oh, you think you're going to have a great app, and so you don't need a great domain? Okay, fine. We, we saw that happen. Apps are on the decline because at some point, when I've got 500 apps on my phone, I'm better off just going to the domain name than trying to find that stupid app. You know, and and more and more, we're seeing companies are building web apps. You know, and that web app lives on a domain. People yeah. access that app through their browser, not through a local app on their phone, um, because you're limited with a local app, you know? So um, every single time some new trend pops up, social media, uh, apps, uh, you know, voice recognition, things pop up and they, people say, oh, domains are dead. Uh, you know, Rick Schwartz said it yesterday, I think. It was it's like, folks, listen, if you're watching this video, Domains are going to still be here when you're dead. Okay, I, I'd all but guarantee that, right? If you're watching this video when you die, you're still going to be domain names. Now, right. I guarantee the way we interact with them will be different. The way we interpret them will be different, uh, but the characteristics aren't going to change. Okay? Well, their value is um, going to be different, but only in the direction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, this is math, folks. I mean, it's like. 
And Ed's- You've only got so many meaningful, semantically meaningful domain names, right? And our, our point gets made even stronger by the folks who say, well, but voice recognition is gonna kill the need for domain names. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna just be like, you're gonna say, hey Siri, Apple. And she's gonna be like, you want a new laptop? No, I wanted a fucking green Apple. You know, like, you need a qualifier. Yeah, yeah. Clarity, simplicity, first. it's gonna have to be, it's it to brand still has to be effortless. Yes. It's gotta yes. be effortless. Semantics, it's about semantics. You need to qualify what people are looking for, even if they're searching through voice. It doesn't matter. It's even more important if they're searching for voice because the, the schmuck who thinks he's clever by dropping a vowel in his brand, that guy becomes irrelevant the day that we hit the tipping point where people are searching through voice and not through typing because nobody's finding you, dude. Like, yeah, you drop yeah, all yeah. vowels well, I, meant, I meant without the, like, how do you explain that? No, Siri, yeah, it's without yeah, the yeah. Like, No, no, I mean, no, Siri. Clever because I can trademark it. <laughs> Genius, dude. Genius. You yeah. and your trademark, you don't matter anymore because nobody can find you. Because when they talk to Siri, Siri's like, I don't, what are you talking about? You know, I don't know, power without the O and the E or yeah, but no. Well, no. but I think once again, it comes down to control versus owning, right? I mean, yeah. um, when you hand control over, when all you do is control the, the, the traffic, then it can be changed, right? One algorithm change and boom, it's done. Um, yeah. A lot of examples on that. Fit Life TV was one. I mean, they, they almost went bankrupt because they built it all on YouTube. Here's what I see happening with this voice recognition thing because it's really a topic I love. I'd love to argue with people about. And it's like, you know, people are like, oh, but okay, so eventually, you know, as we hit a tipping point for voice recognition, you've got devices everywhere, everything's got voice recognition. I'm interacting with the internet in a different way through the voice. And like I will be able to bid the same way I bid in Google now for keywords. I'll be able to bid with Siri and say, if somebody searches for an Apple Siri, take them to apple.com, right? Take them to my Apple uh, 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 store. Um, or somebody searches for a new wallet, like, you know, take them to Louis Vuitton. Um, you're gonna have brands and everybody's gonna be bidding for these keywords. Great, great. Okay, so. It come, what, did, what did Chris just say about owning versus controlling, right? Sure, you can control your brand, and you can control some degree the traffic by paying a third party to, to get that traffic indefinitely, right? You are, just, you are just opening up the faucet and you are gonna continue to keep spending and spending and spending and all the money you spend on brand recognition, it, it, it's being diluted. Or you can own the best, the, the, what is it, Chris? Raw, unfiltered version of your brand. Boom. Let's stand together. Clarity, yeah. Raw, unfiltered version of your brand with a .com on the end. And if you do that, right, if you're wallets.com, right, you're not competing anymore against Louis Vuitton, okay, for that wallet customer. The wallet customer who said, oh, I saw this wallet. It was a great, you know, this is a horrible example. But the, the, the point is, people will go to the .com. They're going to qualify their search if you do a good job, if you build a great brand, if you do your job properly, and right. you own that raw, unfiltered, best version of your brand with a .com, people will go to you. This is what type-in traffic is. This is what direct navigation is. And if you haven't noticed, it's a huge part of Google's uh, balance sheet, right? Like the, 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 a huge part of their earnings is as a result of direct navigation. So, um, when people start talking to Siri, right, at scale and shopping and doing everything they do through Siri, you're still going to want to own your dot com and yeah. you're going to want to own it more than ever. Because right. if you don't, you're still going to be paying a third party to get the person who wants to find your brand on your site. Because otherwise, somebody else is going to outbid you for that customer. And, and it's endless, right? It's a bottomless pit. It's just, uh, you're going to keep yeah. spending and spending and spending. But if you, and, and where, where are you spending? You're spending with a third party, right? Now, you own thebestversion.com. You've created a great company. You've got a great product, great service. You're going to keep spending. But you're going to keep spending on your brand. You're going to keep investing to create a better customer experience. 
better customer service, better website, better data, better technology, you know, reward your customers, lower prices, whatever. But right, you're going to be right. investing into your company, into yeah. your brand. You know, you're going to be enhancing, you're going to be trying to make your brand better so that more people come directly to you instead of searching for the generic category that you're in where you're just competing against everybody else and paying a third party for that traffic. There it is. I've said my piece. Super exciting. Oh my goodness. Drew Rosner is done talking. <laughs> monumental moment. <laughs> no, thank you guys. This was a super show. Um, I think that um, we are entering this tipping point. It's fascinating to hear what is contributing to it, how, um, hearts and minds are changing towards domains. Um, I love, you know, so many people call domain investors squatters because they just don't understand. It's the most uneducated thing you can say about the internet, in my opinion. And- um, well, It depends on who you're talking about. There still are quite a few squatters. Um, okay, um, but, but <laughs> I think this, I love this where you say, um, better to buy your domain from a domain investor than an end user. Good luck with that. Exactly. Um, so um, I hope we, we reach a tipping like point on that too. Um, not going to hold my breath, but I hope for it. So um, fascinating show, super interesting, raw, unfiltered brand, best version with your .com. Um, let's awesome. do it. All right. Thanks, guys. Sherpa Network. We'll see you all next time. Cheers. Cheers.